0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat. My name is Dave Taylor. Thanks for hanging out with today. Yes, we're a podcast that covers uh, a lot of things uh, in wrestling. Sometimes we go outside the box as well. Was awesome special guest, and appreciate you checking us out. Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat, and uh, today we're going to be uh, taking a look at AEW's Revolution and uh, Sting's retirement match. Will it be his retirement match? I'm assuming it's his retirement match, and a whole lot more. Also. Uh, Look at uh, three wrestlers that uh, we lost this uh, this week as well. Again, thanks for checking us out. We're Eat, Sleep, Podcast, Repeat. And we're part of a, a couple of radio stations in Virginia. And uh, you can also find us on their website. So we're with uh, 106.9 The Fox and FM99. And you can find us on the web at FM99.com and also 106.9 The Yes, you can find us there. Go to the uh, Media tab, and you'll see ESPR Wrestling. And you can find uh, some highlighted shows uh, from uh, recent uh, years and months and everything. Uh, We've had interviews with Eddie Kingston, which uh, made it to Yahoo and MSN. Uh, Thank you so much for that coverage. Also, Sky Blue, she's been on the show as of late on the uh, WWE site. Gunther's been on the show. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez. And and I said there was a big guest coming in the next episode. Well, uh, that big guest is coming but not for a couple of weeks. It's going to happen. If I could uh, you know, read the dates correctly, uh, I would have not uh, hyped it up. But it's a big guest that we're going to have towards the end of March. It's huge, big time. It's going to be awesome. I think I said that. Becky Lynch is uh is going to be uh, joining uh, ESPR in a couple of weeks. Can't wait for that. Uh and more guests coming as we get closer to Wrestlemania. Yeah. So uh there we go. We got that going on. Uh you can find us uh you know, I mean, how you're listening to us on uh, many different SoundCloud, uh, or I should say, uh, podcast apps like SoundCloud or Spotify or TuneIn or Apple or Stitcher. to search ESPR Wrestling will come up. You can Google that or uh, Bing it or whatever your search uh, engine uh, searching desires are, and you can find us that way. And it's, it's weird because we're listening in IMDB as well. I don't know how that happened, uh, but that is really cool. And uh, you can find us there. So that's uh, what we have going on. And all those uh, different channels. And, of course, Facebook and Twitter at ESPR99. Yeah, a lot to cover there. And I love the interaction. You can also email us, ESPR at FM99.com. Yeah, let's do it. All right, without uh, further ado, uh, let's uh, get the fun stuff out of the way first. Uh, it's uh, AEW's Revolution 2024 happening March 3rd down the Greensboro, North Carolina which is, uh, you know, that was, uh, uh, the, uh, for the younger listeners, uh, AEW's, you know, territory, if you will, back in the day. You know, they came up through Virginia, you know, did the circuit through North Carolina, uh, you know, down through uh, Georgia and everything else uh, over time. But uh, North Carolina was like the hot spot. You know, uh, Raleigh and Charlotte and, and Greensboro. If you check out the interview with uh, David Crockett we did uh, a couple of months ago, uh, we go in the tent about that, man. It, it was awesome just to talk about him and, and those days. And uh, he's got to write a book. You know, he doesn't want to write because he doesn't cause he don't like the dirt come out. It's like, well, don't worry about the dirt. Talk about everything else. You know, you know it was a different time, you know, for expansion and everything else. And, uh, man, what a time. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to the uh, Sting match because obviously that's going to be the main event. Right? It's got to be. Uh, but here we go. We got uh, two pre-show matches which were uh, just announced, or the zero-hour uh, matches, if you will. We got to Julia Hart and former ESPR wrestling uh, podcast guest Sky Blue. Taking out Chris Statlander and Willow Nightgale. Uh, they see uh, Julia back, and, uh, and and that team should be the winning team on that. Uh, we'll see if they do anything crazy on that. I know Sky Blue wants to go more hardcore wrestling stuff. Uh, this is just a regular tag match scheduled, but, uh, hey, shenanigans could happen. Now they added this, a big 12-man tag team match, because you got to get everybody on the show. And uh, it is uh, the Bang Bang Scissor Gang, the acclaimed, of course, Matt Castor and Anthony Bowens. uh, Man, they were so hot at one time. Uh, I think at the uh, Gun Club, and uh, that's, of course, Billy Austin and Colton, and then uh, Jay White all teaming up. And they're taking on Jeff Jarrett, Saddam Singh, who I think hasn't done a one-on-one match yet, uh, Jay Lethal, Wooly Mack, and Private Party all teaming up together in this match. And uh, so that, that's going to be an opening cluster. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm going to go with, uh, with Jeff Jarrett's team and the Saddam Singh. I want to see how this guy does, you know, he's done some stuff, but uh, you know, now he's got more people he can, he can mess around with. We'll see how that goes. So those are your zero hour matches. And then uh, here we go. We got, uh, and it's kind of weird. Cause it's like really just nine matches on the big show. <laughs> You know, it's like when I was going through the card list, it's like, I, you know, because usually there's more, but obviously this is still going to be a long pay per view out there. Uh, and by the way, of the nine matches that are scheduled, six of them involve titles on that. And one is for a chance to get a title match. And uh, we got with, uh, let's start with the attack match first. FTR uh, taking on the Black Bull Combat Club and, um, you know, they they had their matches on Dynamite and stuff, and, you know, I, I don't know. I like to see FTR get a win here, but, you know, like, they they don't win as much as they should, uh, which probably means that they won't win in this match, taking on the John Moxley and uh, Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's the match they got lined up, and I'm going to go with uh, Blackpool Combat Club to win this one. But I, I don't know what to do with FTR. Um, but, uh, I mean, they're enjoyable, but then, like, you know, they're not winning. Like, they should be winning. Uh, you got uh singles match. This is before you get to all the title matches. You got uh, Will Ospreay taking on Toshida. Yeah, finally happening. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, it's just, like, like, like it, it's cool getting the dream matches. Not going to complain about that. But, like, you know, to me, like, sometimes, like, the story matters just so it's a little bit more. Or it's, like, I so, like, I have a better way of choosing to get behind here. Ospreay is my pick for this match. I mean, it wouldn't make sense for him to lose here, uh, but we'll see how this goes. So that, that's going to be my pick for that one. Now we got the All Star Scramble match. Yeah, the winners can receive a future AEW World Championship match. Now they don't have a TBD announced for this because usually that would be the guy who would pick. Uh, but you got uh, Chris Jericho, you have Wardlow, you got Powerhouse Hobbs, Lance Archer. Nice to see him back here. Uh, Hook, Brian Cage, Magnus, and Dante Martin. And, um, it, you know, some of the guys have been up. Some of the guys have been down. You know, like, like Brian Cage, you know, Hook had his match. Uh, you know, Lance Archer, I, I had hopes for. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Wardlow. Yeah, may, may, maybe it's time. I don't know. They did all that stuff against, uh, you know, the Helps Mojo out, sort of. Uh, Chris Jericho. Don't see that happening. Uh, They mentioned powerhouse hubs. I did. I mentioned him a couple times. Uh, you got Magnus, and then you got uh, Dante Martin. But uh, uh, it's to, to me, it's between Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs uh, in this situation. I, I like to see Wardlow get the shot. You know, I mean, unless you're going to save him for when MJF uh, returns or whatever else. Uh, but I got uh, Wardlow winning this match in this particular situation. Oh, by the way, Wardlow, former guest of uh, ESPR. He was live in the studio uh, for for an episode a little over a year ago. So that's how you got that. You got the uh, singles match for the AEW TNT Championship. Kristen Cage defending against Daniel Garcia. Uh, I, I don't see Daniel uh, winning this match here, but uh, but I do see Christian uh, Cage retaining his title. All right, now you got the AEW International Championship. Orange Cassidy defending against Roderick Strong. Uh, uh, Roderick, though, should have uh, Matt and uh, Mike Bennett in uh, this corner. Uh, Matt Tavern and uh, Mike Bennett. And his uh, corner there. But uh, I see Orange Cassidy retaining. I don't see too many title changes. I totally get to the end of the night. Uh, But Orange uh, retaining this one. And then you have the singles match for the Continental Crown Championship. Eddie Kingston, recent guest of ESPR, is fantastic. Taking on Daniel Bryan. And uh, here's the thing. I love the stipulation for this, which, by the way, Eddie is defending the AEW Continental Championship, the Ring of Honor World Championship, and the NJPW New Japan for Wrestling Strong Openweight Championship. Yes, a lot of titles on the line in that match. Uh, if Brian Danielson loses this match, he has to shake Eddie Kingston's hand, uh, which tells me that Eddie... Should be winning this match. I love to see it. And I just wonder if Eddie's going to clock him afterwards when he does win. Because that does sound like something Eddie would do. Maybe. I don't know. You know, he doesn't like the uh, Black Blackpool uh, Combat Club. He's not like the BCC at all. And uh, so so I got to go with Eddie on this one. That should be a fun match on that. Uh, then you got a uh, women's match. You got uh, Timeless Tony Storm, who's just been a lot of fun. Uh, taking out Deanna Purrazzo. Uh The build for this has been great. And it's nice to see Deanna uh, just uh, getting the attention, you know, and, and it's just been fantastic seeing her in this. I've actually kind of enjoyed this. Uh, I, I still see Tony retaining, but I, I think this is one where the, you know, what happens here doesn't end here. And what I'm saying is that's it's going to kind of continue, uh, probably with like some shenanigans afterwards and everything else. But, uh, but yeah, that um, I'm actually looking forward to that match. Tonight, then you got the uh, three way match for the AEW World Championship, and I kind of wish this wasn't the case. You know, you had the stuff with Swerve uh, Strickland, uh, Hangman Adam Page, uh, and everything, and uh, I don't know, I don't know why we're not getting Swerve and Samoa Joe. It's like unless it's a situation here where Swerve wins the title, which I think it'd be great, and and Adam Page is the guy that takes the fall, or it's Samoa Joe retaining. And Adam Page is getting pinned. So either way, however this match ends, I don't see Adam Page winning, zero percent chance. Uh, but uh, Swerve, Samoa Joe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get more to the Swerve side. But Adam uh, Page taking the fall here, protects Samoa Joe. Uh, maybe sets up a one on one. But uh, but Swerve's been been fantastic. Uh, you know, he's probably the one guy that has benefited the most from coming from uh, the WWE to AEW. And, uh, you know, hey, what could it have been? You know, had had the timing and everything else been different uh, on the uh, you know, WWE side. But because uh, he was the one that's like like him, like that's the guy they're going gonna to get rid of. Uh, so he's been great in AEW. And you can see what, what he can do. So uh, hats off to him. And, uh, you know, Adam Page has been there. Done that. You know, kind of had the T-shirt. Um, that kind of faded away. Uh, and then Samoa Joe, Simone Joe. But I'm going with Swerve winning the title in that match. So that is your card, except for the main event of the evening, the Tornado Tag Team title match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship and Sting's retirement match. uh, Of course, Sting, Darby Allen, your champions, with Ric Flair in the corner, taking on the Young Bucks, Matthew Jackson, Nicholas Jackson, teaming up with all their facial hair and everything else. Um, You know, it was weird on Wednesday... You know now, like Sting coming from the Raptors. You know uh, Tony Khan and AEW, they got the blessing from Martha Hart, uh, Owen's uh, widow, and uh, she she gave the blessing for that. You know they 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 did it right, and it was something that Sting has done in the past, and I'm sure you know a lot of precaution was taken with that. Uh, you know, and hey, we we got to see it one more time in that situation. Now getting there was a little clunky, but. Um, you know, Flair Flair shouldn't be physically getting involved, um, and I hope for whatever sake they're doing that Flair does not turn on Sting. Uh, you know, they had the last match in Nitro, and uh, you know, it just it, it it just doesn't. I think at this point, it just doesn't make sense. I I still don't know why he's there, but you know, you know, like it would have made sense if he just came out towards the end. You know, kind of like seeing you know send Sting off. You know, maybe they'll have something big on Wednesday for like Sting's final moment. They should, unless they do it here. But you know, go for the Wednesday thing. Uh, but what I, what what should happen here is, you know, there's already been talks that like Sting, you know Sting does not want to win this match. He's passing the torch to the Young Bucks. Um, you know, whenever we get that one-on-one match with Darby Allen and Sting. So. You know, the Sting take the fall here, and the Young Bucks become champions, which everybody wants to see. And uh, <laughs> I, I just hope it's clean. I don't want shenanigans in Sting's last match. That would be the worst part. No shenanigans. Let it happen clean. Because if you have shenanigans, you're ruining a moment, which if this is really his retirement match, let it be clean. Don't. No stupidity, please. Uh, You know, Sting is a guy that, uh, man, he goes back. You know, I I remember him from the NWA, the uh, WCW days, and, you know, the announcing, and this is Sting. And that was always the big thing. I looked up something. Uh, I went to a house show. Uh, My first house shows I ever went to for uh, WCW and WWF at the time was on the very same day. I know that sounds crazy. No, that was not in Hampton, Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, I was up uh, near Detroit. I went to a, a WWF house show. And, uh, February of, uh, 1993 and on the very same day. So I was at the palace of Auburn Hills and, um, and there was a WWF house show that day. And and lo and behold, somehow there was a WCW house show in Detroit at Kobo. Yeah. How, how, how crazy is that? So you had all these, uh, house shows going on and, uh, and this very same day was uh, was a WWF show and a WCW show. How bizarre is that? So the date of the show, as I'm uh, looking this up right now, this is uh, when this happened. All right, so I got it. It's uh, The date was uh, February 27th, 1993. And uh, so two house shows to the same day. What, what, what a way to come into uh, to both the organizations. I'll do the uh, WWF show first because that was the matinee. Uh, but running down the card, just go to the sign machines. We go a little side course here. I uh, had Skinner uh, defeating Jim Powers. Crust defeating Papa Shango. Virgil defeating Terry Taylor. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow defeated uh, Typhoon. It was kind of cool to see because Bam Bam just came back at that time. You had Savage initially defeating Jerry Lawler by countout. And then uh, Lawler came back to the ring. And uh, with uh, Crush helping him out. And then Savage pinned uh, Jerry Lawler following the flying elbow drop. That was kind of a cool match. That was really cool. And I remember, like, after the match, like, Jerry Lawler was on camera for the longest time just yelling at people in the crowd, like, on the way back uh, to the, uh, you know, to the locker rooms and stuff. Then you had Kamala pinning Chim she That was after Kamala's face turn and getting uh, people to get into this whole, uh, turning him over. Uh, the Steiner brothers uh, defeating the Beverly brothers. And then The Undertaker defeating Yokozuna. Vita's qualification after Yoko hit him with the assault bucket. I remember that one. Yeah. So, and that was, by the way, like, they, that was a matinee, but WWF had a, a busy day because uh, they were in Winnipeg that day and they had a show in London, Ontario, which was the night show in London, Ontario, about uh, three hours from the Palace of Auburn Hills. And pretty much the same card, a couple of changes and stuff. Because uh, the uh, night card, you had. Um, Shawn Michaels taking on Randy Savage because Lawler probably had a show down in Memphis, so he had to, you know, fly out after that. And then he had Doink Fighting Typhoon in that particular show. But, uh, yeah, three shows in the same day. Yeah, you want to be a wrestler? You got to do that. Now, the WWE, uh, WCW house show, the WCW house show, again, that was at the Cobalt Center in Detroit, Cobalt Hall, Cobalt Arena, whatever you want to call it. Um so here's some names that featured, names of the past, like Eric Watts was on the show. He teamed up with Steve Regal, of course, uh, taking on Shanghai Pearson, and Texas uh, uh Max Payne won a match. Shoe Cold Scorpio defeated Scotty Flamingo. Van Hammer defeated Vinny. Vegas was renamed was Diesel. Uh, Paul Orndorff defeated Cactus Jack, and I want to apologize to Cactus Jack because I was at this show, and I was, like, bummed that, like, you know, Cactus didn't do his usual stuff. And then somebody was like, "Well, he was, you know, he's been beat up on tour or whatever else. He's going to take it easy tonight, so because um, that's you know finally got to see Cactus Jack wrestle at the time, and uh, which was cool, but you know he's a little he's a little banged up, in that. and that I was actually kind of surprised Orndorff won that match, but uh, there you go, uh, Barry Wyndham defeating Dustin Rhodes, uh, Sting it was cool to see Sting he wrestled Big Van Vader, uh, Vader was a champion at the time, and he retained the title here because Sting defeated him by DQ." In that particular match, and then the main event was uh, the Hollywood Blondes. Flying Brian, Stunning Steve Austin. Love that team at the time; they're fantastic. Taking out Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas, uh, Steamboat and Douglas at the time were the NWWCW Unified World Tag Team Champions. Uh, but uh, Brian Pillman got in my face. I ended up in the front row of the show, and uh, he. Uh, I this <laughs> just yelling, and he's like, it yeah, can't hit me right now. Uh, but he came into my face, in uh, front of my face, and just like, ah. And uh, it's just one of those, like, cool moments i never forget. And to see Steve Austin wrestle before, you know, he was, you know, stone cold and stuff. I mean, I was a fan of the guy. You never knew he was going to blow up as he did. But there was a lot of potential for both of those guys in WCW, and I was kind of disappointed how it ended up for them at the time. And then it kind of worked up well, dear. Down the road. But, uh, yeah, so there you go. So yeah, it was cool to see Sting Russell then. Uh, you know, if, if you're just getting into AEW, uh, you know, if you got Peacock, you know, g- g- go down that um, – skip the WWF matches. Those were a disaster. But go back to uh, the WCW shows, you know, the matches, Great American Bash, you know, when he defeated Flair for the title. Spoiler alert. Uh, just some great stuff. You know, matches against Muda. Man, Muda was fantastic. Uh, just a lot of cool stuff. You know, it was really, of course, you got the Crow stuff and the NWO stuff in the 90s and the and the TNA stuff uh, and Impact Wrestling. Uh, you know, the one thing was, like, in the 90s, Sting, like, even though he won some t- championships, like, I don't know, like, if WCW didn't know how to book him properly after that, because it was always hard to find, like, viable opponents. Or you kind of knew like, well, he was going to win until Flair gets back the title, uh, when he won the championship, you know, business was a little hot, but then he wasn't really the draw, or there's some reason. I mean, there's various reports, but like, but think how crazy this was. Sting lost the title back to Flair at a house show. At a house show, Sting lost the title. And, and they kind of did it where like Sting had his foot on the ropes, the ref didn't see it. And there's the footage afterwards where you hear him talking to the referee. But at a stinking house show, they could even do it in a pay per view. Or even like a TV event, they had a Clash of the Champions, or whatever. But they they had to get, they had wanted to get the title off him, and they did. Um, so there you go. And I was going to talk about Sting in a little bit with one of my favorite promos of all time from somebody we lost. But that is your card. Uh, you know, I think it would be cool if this is going to be Sting's last appearance or what they should do on Wednesday is he should go up into the crowd. You know, can he do that? I don't know. Is that something they could do properly you where, know, you know, sit at the sending, he ascends up into the, uh, not to the crowd, into the rafters. Yeah, that's how we say goodbye to Sting. And he can go hopefully enjoy his retirement. Because we never did get that match with The Undertaker. Could have happened. It was pitched, according to Sting. They said, I got an opponent for you. Yeah, Seth freaking Rollins. Yeah. We never got it. Could've got it. Yeah. Man, I still feel like he should have beat Triple H at that, that WrestleMania match. There you go. That is AEW Revolution. And, uh, yeah, quite the card there with 11 total matches, nine on the main show, a lot of title matches. There you go. All right. Now we're going to take a slight turn. So we lost three wrestlers this week. And since we just talked about sting, we'll talk about, uh, Ole Anderson who passed away this week. Only, uh, was a uh, big part of, uh, NWA WCW for a number of years very uh, controversial as well. Ole uh, passed away. Ole passed away at the age of 81. Now history wise he was an original horseman and uh he also was uh, the booker as well. And one of my favorite things with him and he was controversial but one thing I've always liked and I thought it was great, and, I was, and this will be the one great thing I remember from him, um, outside of his controversy. But as a, as, a, as a wrestling point, uh, it was when they threw Sting out of the horseman. and he was the one doing the talking and everything else. And I thought the promo he cut was fantastic. Uh, I was at a Clash of the Champions event. Uh, this is where it ended up, you know, where Sting ended up getting hurt that night, climbing the cage, right? I guess you know, his knee hit the cage or whatever else. Uh, but uh, but but Oli throwing Sting out of the Horseman was always the moment I, I just thought was so cool, and just the way he cut that promo. Now, on the critical side of things, a lot of people didn't like him. He got accused of various things. Uh, he also was you know very critical of of talent uh, when Rick Flair left the WWF in 1993. Uh, that's when Flair lost the uh, Loser Leaves Town match, Loser Leaves WWE match uh, to Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. Well, he was uh, trying to figure out what he could do with Flair because he put Henning over and, uh, he you know, suggesting that Flair lost all of his credibility because of how he lost. So that was uh, not great as well. Uh, Teal Santana, not a fan of him. And do you remember the uh, Shockmaster? Uh <laughs> Well, Ole Anderson was the voice of the Shockmasters first promo. That's when Fred Ottman, that's the dude you know, busted through the wall and fell down during the uh, Clash of the Champions, the uh, flair the, for the gold event. <laughs> Davey Boy Smith was laughing so much. Uh, well, Ole, uh was the voice where Fred Ottman just stood on screen and looked really awkward and stuff. So those are some of the things with... Uh, with Oli Anderson, uh, you know a lot of critics said that he was out of touch. Uh, you know, he may have been the guy that uh, you know said to Mark Calloway that uh, he was never going to draw. Yeah, well look how that worked out. So, but uh, but yeah, was, those were some things. Which, by the way, and, and I don't know, you know, of course, you know, Oli again being part of the original horseman with Ric Flair, on Anderson, Tolly Blanchard. Uh, he was never a part of the Four Horsemen reunions. In fact, you know, WWE put in Barry Windham rather than Oli when they put him into the uh, WWF Hall of Fame. So only Anderson uh, passing away at the age of 81 this week. So, yeah, kind of more like, I don't know. It just, uh, you know, people don't like him. He was controversial uh, for a lot of things. Not going to go down the hole there, but, um, you know, the one thing on the wrestling side I thought was great was, like I said, that clash of the champions where he threw Sting out of the Horseman. Uh, We also uh, lost uh, Paul Butcher-Vajon. He passed away. He had a brief stint in uh, the WWF in the 80s. Uh, he passed away leap day at the age of 86. And he was the, uh, his uh, Luna Vachon was his adopted daughter. But uh, they had the big wrestling family. Uh, his brother, uh, Maurice Vachon, was a wrestler as well. And then uh, don't forget, uh, you know, Magdog. Um, and then Vivian Vachon was his uh, sister as well. But he had uh, quite the uh, career as the uh, butcher uh, you can find some stuff with the wrestling in the 80s. Uh, yeah, at that point, uh, you know, he was on his way out of the business, just kind of putting people over. Uh, but just a different style when the 80s came around to what he did, because his career began in the 50s, You know, winning tag team championships in the AWA and the NWA. So uh, Paul Butcher-Virjohn passing away at the age of 86. And then we lost Virgil as well. Virgil uh, passing away this week at the age of 61. Uh, he had, you know, one of the coolest names in the business was Soul Train Jones. This was uh, the 80s before he became a part of uh, the WWF at the time, being Ted DiBiase's bodyguards when we saw him in 1987. And he was there for a number of years in uh, a long time as his bodyguard. I mean, talk about working the gimmick. I mean, he he worked that gimmick where you just believed that he was, you know, Ted DiBiase's hired hand. In that situation, you know, you just see him flashing money and everything else, uh, you know, in 88, you know, he had the angle with, uh, I shouldn't say the angle, but at uh, WrestleMania 4, you know, where he got suplexed by Hogan on the outside of the ring after uh, uh, the Hogan-Andre match, Part due, which was not good. And uh, so you didn't see Virgil the rest of the night selling, you know, getting suplexed on the floor, which, you know, it made, hey. So that's why Andre was there in the other matches and stuff. And that's, uh, you had in 89 after DiBiase was the last guy thrown out of the rumble Virgil, who was not supposed to be at ringside because, you know, they no managers were a lot at ringside, but of course, you know, he was there because he wasn't the manager. He was a bodyguard. Uh, he came in the ring after uh, big Judd said through DiBiase out and then, uh, I, that was, like, the funniest part of the, the whole rumble was he came in, you know, attacked Big John Studd, and then Studd threw him over the top rope, which like Jesse's like, there goes number 31. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, WrestleMania six you had, uh, you know, Dibiase facing Jake Roberts, and Virgil kind of, you know, saved the million-dollar championship belt that time because uh, Jake had it possession, and Dibiase got it back. Now, before I continue, I just realized something. From WrestleMania five, six, seven, eight, and 9, Ted DiBiase's matches never had a clean finish. You had the double count out in 5. You had the count out in 6 where he won. In 7, you had the count out loss. In 8, you had the count out loss of the tag team match against Natural Disasters, which is a god-awful match. And then another tag team championship match in 9 where they won by DQ against Hogan and Brutus Beefcake. So uh, you had all that. And then he was gone before WrestleMania 10, and then came back at 11 with the Million Dollar Corporation. Anyways, so Virgil, in 1991, uh, had the the big tag match with uh, Dusty and Dustin Rhodes and taking on uh, Ted DiBiase at the Rebel. And for the longest time, you know, you had these vignettes, you know, for many, many years. But then over time, it, it got worse, where DiBiase was just treating Virgil worse and worse and worse. So obviously, they're building up, you know, after so many years, and obviously, you, you know, he was just so identifiable being with DiBiase that uh, they were going to turn him face. You know, dude never said much, if anything, I think, but when he was a heel, you know, working with DiBiase. And, uh, so the, but they won the match. And then, you know, afterwards, you know, DiBiase just treated him like crap, pushed him around, and then Virgil hit him with the belt, got a huge pop. It was awesome. It was one of those cool moments and stuff that – uh you know, because I I remember that night. You know, I thought maybe that uh, you know they would lose, like Virgil would, would, would take the loss or whatever else, and DiBiase would be mad and you know you know fire him that way. But uh, you know Virgil standing up made it for even better. You know because they blamed Hot Rod Roddy Piper in that situation. They had a match at WrestleMania Seven. Virgil wins by countout. Will help from Piper. Uh, it's SummerSlam 91, Dollar Championships on the line. And uh, it's one of those uh, huge moments. Virgil wins the match. Uh, you know, the matches went well together. Uh, and then, you know, Virgil was the million-dollar champion for a while. He lost it back in Survivor Series Showdown uh, when the Repo Man, of all people. The Repo Man came and uh, cost Virgil the title. DiBiase wins it back. And then, uh, you know, he just kind of – he was there after that. You know, he, he – you know. May, may, you know, he's at WrestleMania 8, the big uh, eight-man tag match and stuff. You know, he had the broken nose, the angle with uh, Sid Justice. And then just, you know, kind of was in the mid-card, or just one of those guys that was, the, you know, the jobber to the stars at that point. But uh, just, you know, very memorable. Not a great wrestler, uh, but, you know, had a great story, you know, in the feud with DiBiase and everything else. You know, and then, of course, he went to WCW, and as a plan, the whole thing, you know, because the Virgil apparently was a plan, you know, Virgin Reynolds, Virgil uh, Reynolds, you know Dusty Rhodes, and then so WCW became Vincent. You know, uh, and he didn't do much there. He was there, and then uh, he he made like one appearance back on Raw, like like during the uh, guest appearances and stuff. And it was really weird because it was um, a tag team match, so it was uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. And Virgil taking that big show and Mark uh Fowerstein. And I and I gotta be honest with you, and I don't say I don't remember this, but I don't. It may be, it may have be been one of those situations where I just skipped the whole gosh darn uh Raw because um you know the guest era was not anything you missed. You know, it's one of those things uh that you had it. But uh yeah, Mark Fowerstein, he's an actor. He was in uh Carolina the City, but I don't know how the heck he got the gig. Um <laughs> You know, but he wrestled in the match and he dropped an elbow like on Virgil and pinned him. Now, obviously, he took a chokeslam for the big show to get there. I think it was the last time I think we saw Virgil in the uh, WWF. Or one of, if, if not, it was one of the last times. But, uh, you know, he became a meme and I always kind of bothered me because he was by himself or just, you know, maybe it was before, you know, the uh, wrestling convention started when he was by himself and somebody took a picture and posted that and, uh, I always thought that was kind of crappy because he deserved better than that. But uh, Virgil had some health issues uh, according to the various reports that uh, you know he had a stroke and uh, was in the early form of uh, dementia, but uh, he uh, passed away at the age of 61 this past week. So yeah, three losses in the wrestling row this week and uh, what we'll do right here what we usually do is we pay tribute to those that we've lost. So we're going to give them a 10 bell salute like to do in the wrestling world. There you go. Thanks a little of your memories, guys. All right, that's it for this episode. Uh, we'll try to get a uh, review in uh, hopefully by Monday for uh, AW Revolution and uh, see how it goes with seeing this last match. Or there's something they're going to push on Dynamite. Uh, it's crazy with Dynamite's ratings. I mean, I mean they are consistent. So the base that is watching them is watching them, and I was kind of bummed out. I was hoping for a bigger number. I like I try not to dwell on the ratings. If anything. On either side here, but I was hoping for the go-home show that it just wouldn't be, you know, bigger stuff. You know, last chance to see Sting uh, one way or another here. But uh, we'll see how this goes for AEW Revolution. Uh, again, uh, thanks for listening to us. Uh, you can find us, many different podcasts, podcast apps, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud. Just search ESPR Wrestling, and uh, we're going to find us. 1069 fox.com FM99.com, under the Media tab. And we appreciate that. Uh, you can always email us, ESPR at FM99.com. There you go. Thanks for hanging out. And, uh, yeah, March is going to be a big month. We've got, got some big guests coming up. Okay, we got Becky Lynch coming up a little late, later on this month. Also, uh, a guy who uh, wrote an awesome book about uh, meeting certain wrestlers. We'll get into that, too. Uh, the guy's got uh, quite the story to tell with that because uh, he worked with the Aaron Sheik for a number of years, which uh, you can only imagine. The stories that dude's got to tell. My name is Dave Taylor, and as always, make sure you eat, sleep, podcast, and repeat. Have a great day, everybody.